Well, good day and welcome to Holding Fast. How is your anchor holding today? Is it gripped firmly to the unshakable rock of Holy Scripture? Well, today is Hymn History Friday. Uh, I look forward to these opportunities. It's interesting. A lot of people are interested in uh, looking, uh, listening to a little bit of the history of the hymns that we sing. And uh, as noted in the title, if you looked at it in the podcast, it's a hymn that perhaps you've heard of, perhaps you haven't. Probably if you've been in a Bible teaching church, you have heard it at some point. It's a hymn that has an unusual history behind it. And so we're going to think about that a little bit for today. The name of the hymn is Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. Uh, And it has uh, quite a story behind it. Uh, If you've sung this before, you might be able to look down at the bottom of the hymn book page and it will tell you, or the top, depending on what hymn book you're looking at, and it'll tell you the author. Um, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus was actually a hymn that was inspired by the dying words of a man named Dudley Ting, T-Y-N-G. He was actually a young preacher who lived in Philadelphia, and he was forced to resign from the church, the Episcopal church that he pastored, because he spoke out against slavery in the mid-1800s, and that was just something that was not done, uh, at least in that part, uh, place where he lived. Well, uh, Dudley Ting went out and started a new church. He went out and became a church planner and other ministers preached revival meetings with him. He would often be found preaching at the local YMCA. Those of you that may think of the YMCA as a fitness, uh, uh, like a planet fitness type place where you go to work out, uh, the YMCA was actually the Young Men's Christian Association was designed to be a positive influence for Christianity among young men of the day. And that's what it was about. You would go there, you would hear preaching, you would get together, and yes, you would do sports, and uh, you would play ball together, and you would do all kinds of calisthenics types things. But uh, the YMCA has, of course, shifted from that mooring many, many, many decades ago. But uh, Dudley Ting would often go with other preachers, and they would hold meetings at the YMCA during lunch, and After a while, they began to attract huge crowds of young men that would come there. Uh, Historically, uh, this revival time in Philadelphia was known as the work of God in Philadelphia. It was an unusual moving of the Spirit of God in bringing young men uh, to know Christ. In March of 1858, Dudley Ting was preaching a very uh, rousing Uh, exciting sermon to, believe it or not, 5,000 young men at a YMCA. Um, And at that time, he preached the gospel, and uh, it's reported that over a 1,000 made a profession of faith and came to Christ and were saved. Uh, During his sermon, Dudley's sermon, he supposedly said, quote, I would rather that this right arm were amputated at the trunk than that I should come short of my duty to you in delivering God's message, unquote. Well, that was pretty powerful, and apparently it resonated with all of those young men that were there to the point where a number of them professed faith in Christ. Well, the 
story takes a little bit of a tragic turn when a few days after preaching that message, he left the uh, the study uh, in his home where that's where his study was for where he was pastoring. Uh, and he lived in the country and he went out to visit his, uh, his barn where a mule was harnessed to a machine that was going around and shelling corn. And so the mule kept going around and the product would be fed in and it would shell the corn. Uh, so when Dudley went out there, he patted the mule uh, and when he patted the mule, somehow his sleeve got caught in the cogs of the wheel and his arm was so badly maimed uh, that it literally, it, it, uh, he, it caused so much damage that he passed away probably from blood loss the following week from the injury. Uh, that's quite a tragic way to go. Uh, but before he died, he was asked if he had a message for the ministers of the revival that he had just preached at. And he replied, quote, tell them, let us all stand for Jesus, unquote. Well, he had a dear friend whose name was George Duffield. Uh, Duffield was touched very deeply by the words that uh, Dudley used as he passed into eternity. And he sat down and wrote the hymn in honor of Dudley Ting and his last words, stand up, stand up for Jesus. Uh, and Duffield concluded uh, his sermon that he preached on this by, on the following Sunday by reading the lyrics as a tribute to his friend. Duffield's Sunday School superintendent printed copies of the poem, and the lyrics soon found their way into a Baptist newspaper, and the hymn would spread from there. It's had different tunes to it through the years, but the one that we sing today is a tune written in 1837, and uh, it's what we're all familiar with. Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Uh, what a powerful song that is. And an, and an admonition to all of us uh, to continue to stand for the Lord and to love Him and to serve Him with all of our hearts. Um, I pray that God would save a whole bunch of other 20-year-old men and that God would call them into service and they might come to the point where they stand up for Jesus and they preach God's Word. Our nation needs a great awakening, a great reviving. Uh, lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss, one of the stanzas goes. Um, so we need to be praying. God would do that same work again, uh, and he'll do it through those that will surrender to him. Why don't you stand up for Jesus today and be his servant and watch what he can do through somebody that surrendered to his will. God bless you today. Make sure you're in a house of worship this coming Lord's Day. Get up, get dressed, get moving, and uh, get into the house of God where you can do what God created you to do, and that is to worship Him. He's worthy of all praise, worthy of all honor. God bless you. Walk with Christ.